Welcome to the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast series, where entrepreneurs, celebrities, and athletes talk about their journey, from starting and all the shit they had to go through to get where they are today. Please spread the love. Write us a review. We want to help as many entrepreneurs and people as we can with advice from industry experts. Now, here's your host, president and founder of Adapting Social, John A. Vaguero. Hey guys, what's up? Thank you for listening to the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast. I'm here with Callie Grace Turner. Callie, how are you doing today? Hey, good. How are you doing? So good. So my co-host John is out of the office today, but I have the complete honor of hopping on the podcast with you today. And Callie, before we dive in too deep, do you want to tell all the listeners a little bit something about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm a millennial like you guys. I am 21 years old. I'm from a very small town in South Carolina, and I just moved to Los Angeles to perform uh, pursue a full-time documentary filmmaking career. Wow, that is amazing. That's so cool. So what kind of what kind of things do you like to film? And I mean, I have a passion for storytelling in general, so if that's people, things, causes, the world in general, I like to film it all. Wow, that's amazing. That's so cool. I have a deep appreciation for videography because it's it's so so many components go into it. Storytelling, you have like making sure you get the nice shots like you would if you were like a photographer. You have to make sure that all of the scripts and everything is in place if you're having to lay out kind of like a show and I just got to commend you for that. It's a lot of a lot of orchestration to one uh, one moment. It is kind of a concoction of like all the arts and all artistic stimulation. Yeah. Audio, visual, um, the script, like you said. It's really fun. Yeah, Are you a videographer? Uh, no, I'm not. I am actually, I do some social media marketing stuff. I do uh, copywriting. Uh, I do the podcast, which is why I have yeah. the honor of being on with you today. And uh, I work closely with our video department, too, and they are super, super talented, and I have, like, a deep appreciation for everything that uh, a videographer does. I bet you could do it. You're already <laughs> halfway there. I mean, I'm sure it takes a lot, a lot of hard work, and I, uh, I commend you for that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get into videography? Man, um, I got into videography kind of – by accident because so I went to South Carolina uh, the University of South Carolina for one year to study business and I thought that I wanted to be some real estate guru and just learn business so that I could figure out what I really wanted to do mission wise and after one year I was interning um, at my sister's real estate development company in Nashville and she was like hey drop out of school let's start this media production company even though you've never made a video in your life. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't know the first thing about media and production. And so she actually gave me this, uh, this project. Like she left the country for like two weeks and was like, figure it out, film, direct and produce two commercials for these apartment complexes that I have. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> did it. it was so much fun. Um, I spent a lot of time in like, the acting and modeling industry. And so I kind of knew what I was doing. I knew what it was supposed to look like. 
But that's how it all started. We produced those two commercials. She was really happy with them. And we launched the production company. And after that, it was just like, you know, learning on YouTube and practicing every day. Wow, that is so crazy. So you kind of got thrown into the fire rather than anything um, else. Yeah. That's crazy. Thrown into the fire. But I mean, the, the main goal was to be able to tell story and be able to tell stories that uplift the right people and promote the right causes and ideas to put them in a place of influence because that's what we really wanted to do with the media company. And so anything that I needed to learn to, in order to make that happen was basically my job. Wow. That is so yeah. wild. So uh, how do you, how do you get your ideas when you're going to go out and film something? Because I know that there's so much effort and value in what you have to say that I know that our listeners would appreciate. So, obviously, you have to have a goal in mind. Like, what do I want to film this for? What story do I want to tell? What kind of idea do I want to get across to my audience? And so, uh, for example, like our, our project BBI Stronger, which was the documentary series after the 2017 hurricane season in the Caribbean, our main goal was to tell the rest of the world that the BDI has not been devastated forever. Yeah, they lost 80% of their infrastructure, but if you don't go back down there and volunteer and help them, even a year later, they're never going to recover. If you don't go back down there and travel as a tourist and spend money in their islands and give people jobs, they will never recover. Because that's usually what happens after natural disaster. People stay away from those areas. They don't want to be in the way. But that's actually wrong. The best way for you to help is to continue to invest your money there. So wow. that was like our main intention behind the series. That's something that I had in mind was every interview I get, every shot I get um, has to be directed around that main point. Wow, that's so powerful. That's amazing. You're literally changing lives with the work that you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm sure you heard some like, amazing stories where you were there too right oh my gosh like out of this world stories i don't know how those people survived i really don't wow. it blows my mind what was like the the most wild thing that you heard while you were there this okay this doesn't even sound real but th this guy told me he was sitting on his bed during the hurricane his whole roof flew off above him which was common like, that's not the unbelievable part. The unbelievable <laughs> part is that this catamaran, do you know how big a catamaran yeah, is? Yeah, for sure. It's like tons. Yeah. And they're like 50 feet long. Literally, he's sitting in his room. The roof is gone. It's daylight. And then it's darkness. Because this catamaran flew over his house. Oh, my God. To the other side. I almost don't believe it, but I'm like, I heard so many stories about catamarans being on top of houses, going up the hill, and I'm like, whoa. So that was probably like one of the craziest stories. I mean, there are, there's tons of stories of people like someone had a heart attack during the hurricane. They had to take care of them and like drag them out to an, like under a tree or like behind a car. And then like a tree fell on the car and then they had to drag them to this other place. It's just wild that is no insane oh my gosh it's just at that point it's people like 
just fighting for their lives, like left and right with their neighbors. Like that's intense stuff. Yeah. I mean, one, one quote that, um, the governor said was, he said, if this storm had come in the night, it came during the day, if it had come in the night, they wouldn't be living to bury the dead. And I totally believe it because people were running from house to house and like, they weren't just hiding in a closet. They were moving throughout the storm. Then they had that 20-minute eye where they were able to, like, readjust themselves and, like, lock the doors again. If they didn't have that, they probably all would have died. That is it was unbelievable. Incredibly catastrophic. Yeah. Wow. So I know that hearing all that must be incredibly eye-opening and just really giving you, like, a deeper appreciation for life because – you met yeah. so many people who could have lost it in the blink of an eye. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, what, we were down there. Go ahead. what would you say is like the main thing that you've learned from that whole experience? <clears throat> um, well, we, we went down there three days after the hurricane, which is not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. We snuck in, we literally snuck in the country on a plane with CNN like sitting on top of relief, like there was no, there was no room for us. And we bribed the, the customs lady with bug spray to let us in because the, the bugs there were just so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she took it. And, um, and I learned that, yeah, that seemed really stupid because it's so dangerous to do that. Like you don't do that. But had we not gone down there and just left it to the professionals, so many things wouldn't have gotten done. And that's not like to toot our own horn, but it it's just to have people that are able to be scrappy, to run, go do this, to coordinate with these people in the midst of all these people that are in shock and are just like living in absolute chaos. And the only other teams that are down there are the, is the army and the red cross. And, you know, they have their own like agenda. Um, that was one of the biggest things I learned was just that you can't always leave it to the professionals. They always need help. They need help three days after and 10 years later because recovery is a really long process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was here for, uh, for hurricane Sandy and that oh, was really? super intense area. Yeah. My uh, my family lives like 500 feet from the ocean, so we felt the full brunt of that that whole storm. Like, luckily, I don't know how, but our house, like, we were able to fix. But there's still people like to this day that just don't have their homes at all in New Jersey, which not enough people talk about. It's it's crazy. I think everyone in our area is super super touched by uh, that storm. It was like insane people still talk about it yeah well those storms don't happen happen often no they definitely don't yeah that's great it it was genuinely crazy but to go back to uh to your traveling and your career what advice would you have to those people in your position who feel like they should stay safe and like get a normal job and work in one area considering that you're someone who's traveled all over? Oh, man. Well, I didn't do the same thing. I dropped out of college after my first year. 
And that's because I just don't believe that at 18 years old, you've got your life figured out, you know, you know exactly what you want to do, who you want to become. And then you go somewhere to spend all this money and time and effort to execute that. I myself needed a little more exploration. I needed to travel. I needed to, uh, to just expose myself to a plethora of things. And so that's what I did. And now I'm actually going back to film school at 21 for like a year and a half long program. But that's because I figured out what I really wanted to do. And so for people that think they need to just sit back, do the what's comfortable, safe option, if there's anything I've learned through all that, it's that challenge is what shapes you. And that being comfortable is the worst thing you can do for your human experience. Wow, that so. is powerful. Don't don't mind me that uh, that I looked away for a sec. I was just uh, typing go. that in. I thought that that was absolutely beautiful, and I would love that to be the uh, the name of the podcast. Thanks. Typically, when John and I uh, do the podcast, like we pick out one specific quote that means the world <laughs> yeah. to us, and that was like unbelievable. I love challenges are what shape you because a lot of people will be challenged and will put their backs against the wall when there's there's always a way out. There's always an option to survive, and not enough people hear that. I mean, wouldn't you agree that being comfortable is the worst experience you could have? Because you you don't grow. People don't understand, like, that's the point of life is to take on challenges. How do you handle those challenges, and then how do you grow from them? It doesn't mean you have to have a horrible like quality of life because you're always stressed and always challenged. If you challenge yourself every day, the big challenges won't seem that big. And so that's what I do is I, I challenge myself every day to do at least one thing that puts me way out of my comfort zone. Something that's really uncomfortable, something that's scary, something that's challenging. And that way I'm more comfortable with challenge and I'm more capable of doing bigger and harder things. Most people think if they choose to not expose themselves to things that are uncomfortable, then they're having a better, more relaxed, enjoyable life. But it's actually the total opposite. Yeah. Because they're mentally or physically capable of doing more things. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I thought that that was legitimately incredible. And I I love all those insights. And it's it's so true. Like... If you're not uncomfortable, then you'll never know how to be comfortable in the future. And that's that's just the way it is. Like, I'm a, uh, I'm a marathon runner. Like, I've mentioned the fact that I've run a lot of times on the podcast. But, like, you never get to where you want to be unless you push yourself when no one's watching. And that's something that I think really stands out to a lot of people. Like, I know that you've definitely worked long hours, had to go through a bunch of shoots that didn't work out, had to experience so many things that didn't necessarily result in the best like outcome, but you needed to have those moments to make you successful now. Yeah, and I think that most people, especially with social media, we see people as like these overnight successes, and we see people as someone with a consistently great life, which sounds cliche everybody knows that but really it's not even about the outcome it's so not about the outcome and like what 
you accomplish. It's, I honestly just choose to live my life believing that it's who you became along the journey, who uh, the challenge shaped you to be, and then what was your attitude and how did your character grow when you were faced with things that were hard for you? You know, I'm very, um, go ahead. No, um, no, I love that. I, I was, uh, I want to I hear more about what you have to say. I love it. Um, I was just going to say that I, that's probably the number one thing I've learned on this journey is that like this life is not my own. This, these opportunities, I never deserved them. I never earned them. And so at the end of the day, if I'm not giving up my day to say, I don't care about the outcome. I don't care what I accomplished throughout this. I want to be shaped into a better person. I want to be shaped into someone that God will be pleased with. And if that's not my intention, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. I love that. So I hate to put you on the spot here, but... One of the things yeah. that uh, we always like to mention on the podcast is what is your why? Because your why is why you get out of bed in the morning, why you do what you do, why you are who you are. So what is your why? My why is that I have been unbelievably blessed with the ability to wake up in the morning. I have good health. I have a healthy mind. I have a healthy body. I was born in America. I was born with a family that loves me. I have literally so much opportunity around me that if I just grasp an ounce of it, then I have the ability to make a difference that I can't even see or fathom. And so that's my why, is I could have been any of these kids being trafficked. I could have been any of these men or women who are slaves in other countries or slaves here. And that's something I'm really passionate about is ending human slavery. And yeah, it's just like if we wake up and realize that like, we don't even deserve life, I'll be honest. We don't. We were given life. It, there's so much grace for the fact that we're alive that it's like if you're not serving someone else or you're not doing something with that then there's no point so I make a real point to wake up with the intention of serving others and using my skills and my gifts and my energy to do something that matters that's unbelievable I absolutely love that you I I could feel your passion when you speak and I definitely know that that's something that uh, a lot of people will appreciate as well. And knowing that your purpose is to benefit others is such a deep realization that not a lot of people realize. Like a lot of people, when you ask them what their why is, will turn instantly to themselves. But you twisted that and turned everything to other people. And that's that's amazing. And I love that. And I think that... I have the same kind of a mindset towards that as well, because I feel that the greatest gift in life is giving gifts to others. And that's something that means the world to me. Like I'm involved in a bunch of different charities and 
foundations to benefit other people. And I, I feel the same way. So I really resonate with that. And um, I was also involved in a, in a club in my high school called Breaking the Chain, where uh, we worked with children in Ghana who were being trafficked. And we ended up, while I was there, saving two children, which may sound like Whoa, no, not a high number, but like every life matters. And it that's like amazing. meant the world to everyone that I went to school with, to uh, to my teacher, whose name was Evan Robbins, who wanted to go and really make a difference. Like such an incredible opportunity to be involved with it. How did you do that? What was that like? So we, I was always like at my high school, like, but we would have fundraisers and like a bunch of organizations where we would raise money for my teacher, Evan, to go to Ghana. And then he would work with the, uh, the owners, I would suppose of the kids or whoever had possession of the, the children and like try to work out a deal or negotiate with them so that we could end up setting these children free. And it, was so powerful like he, he's one of the most inspirational people i'll ever meet uh so that was just like an in, insane insane opportunity that i had to be involved with it but what's his name his name's evan robbins and the name of the organization is breaking the chain and um he's truly doing some amazing stuff so if you ever want to get involved with uh an incredible organization with uh ties to to ghana it's like Insane. I love that. Um, that's great. I can't believe that like we can even go over there and negotiate with these people to give up children. It, yeah, it's sick, but whatever works. Yeah, I've also seen like the working in the justice system works. I don't know if you're involved with IJM International Justice Mission, but they do really great work, like working with the justice system in Ghana and all these wow. other countries. To basically train them on like what to look for, how to handle these situations, and whatever. That's a conversation after this. Yeah, but <laughs> seriously amazing stuff, and I yeah. firmly believe in everyone has a purpose to make the world a better place, so if you're meeting yeah. the right people, doing the right things, always willing to lend a helping hand, you will be nothing but successful, because success success follows those that want other people to be successful and that's just how yeah, it goes I really agree with that. Yeah, yeah absolutely so i this is a little bit like of a lighter question since you've yeah. been traveling a lot where would you say is like your favorite place that you've gone and why totally Joost van Dijk in DVI. it's this tiny little island um that only has like 250 people that live there I'd say after the hurricane, only 150. Oh my so God. imagine living on an island with 150 people. And some of those people have never been off the island. It's just such an untouched piece of land and culture. And yeah, some tourists go there, but the people haven't changed. And it's, it's unreal. I went there after the hurricane. Um, I was able to go with like a, uh, like a search and rescue team to deliver some aid there because since they're an outer island and they're small, they weren't getting like aid from the military and the Red Cross. And so we brought it to them and the dock was shredded. I mean, there was no, like you couldn't walk on it. And we saw kids with rocks 
going out there with nails, hammering the boards down so that we could deliver aid to them. And I was like, so obviously I like fell in love with these people. And then since they've recovered more, we've gone back there and um, met like the owner Foxy and like just danced with him and had a great time. So I think that's my favorite place I've ever been. Wow. That's so specific and like amazing. I've been uh I've been to Turks and Caicos. I'm sure that's one of the islands there that got yeah. a bunch of recognition since it's like pretty pretty big deal. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been there. It's amazing. Highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anywhere great. from the Caribbean's great. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So we're winding down this podcast, but I still have a few more interesting questions that I would love to share with you. So you've accomplished so much in your career up to this point. So where do you see yourself in 10 years from now? 10 years from now, I hope to be doing documentary filmmaking and hopefully some feature films. Um, But I'm actually planning on launching a nonprofit by the end of this year. And the nonprofit will basically take media and marketing and service nonprofits that don't have great media and marketing and promote what's actually working in the system to help promote these nonprofits in the way they need promotion to gain more funds. Wow. So basically, yeah, I mean, that's basically like working with a nonprofit and having friends who worked in nonprofits. That's the biggest issue is, um, not as not as much the internal structure, but just like not having enough funding for marketing, not having enough funding to have great media that, that makes them trustworthy and is appealing to people who don't know them. And that's why IJM does so well, is they have a great media marketing team. They're the largest international organization in the world, and they actually make things happen, and they're finding solutions to human trafficking. I think really because they have the funding for it. So that's my plan is to launch that nonprofit, um, do some great work uh, with these awesome organizations, learn from them. And then hopefully uh, after I finish my schooling here, I'll be able to go really wherever I'm needed, like Eastern Europe, Middle East, Southeast Asia, wherever I want to spend some time over there, like really understand the culture. And then hopefully like set up camps there and figure out, um, how we can eliminate this horrible issue that we're both passionate about. Wow, that's amazing. Well, since we are a, uh, a media marketing company, we would love to uh, learn more about this opportunity, so we should definitely stay in contact with each other to uh, learn a little bit more about this moving forward. Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. So this question might be hard since you've said so many, like, amazing quotes throughout this podcast but what is your favorite quote because quotes are super important to us and i I could share mine if you want so that way you feel a little bit more comfortable about sharing yours it's hard to pick my favorite quote but one that comes to mind is by martin luther king it's if one is not free then none are free or by martin luther king if one none are free until all are free. That's a better way to say it. I'll probably get that tattooed somewhere on my body, but I love it, and it's so true, because I I believe that God leaves the 99 
to find the one. And I have so many stories in my life where that's true. And I want to live a life that focuses on the one that's lost or the one that's not free. And to keep that in my mind daily, that that's important. I love that. That's incredible. What's your favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote is a little bit less deep. <laughs> it's the, uh, the, <laughs> the only time you should, the only time you should ever look back is to see how far you've come. And I think oh, that so it's so important because people always get torn up on who they've been in the past and where they've been. However, yeah. you need to focus on where you are in the present and not let anything in the past change you because all of your failures and the success led you to where you are now and all of your victories led yeah. you to where you are now. And the only thing that matters are how you venture into the future because you might have been an athlete and won a huge game and that's great, but what's going to happen the next time you need to compete? You may yeah. be working in business and you struck a huge deal, but what are you going to do in the future if that if like it doesn't work out? Like There always needs to be future moves and that's what's really important to me. I'm like living in the moment. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm sure that's helped you a lot in life. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I am a pretty like mental focused person and I, um, I try to think about all the good things in my life rather than the bad. And I just think that appreciating the positives of my past that led me to where I am now is so important just like as I am do you listen to Tony Robbins I do I do listen to some Tony Robbins stuff and he is incredible John um who is usually on the podcast with me uh the president founder of uh, adapting social he's a huge Tony Robbins guy he just attended uh one of the Tony Robbins summits uh, a couple months ago and he was he was loving it Wait, did he, uh, oh, it was a summit or a conference? Um, it's called Think of Destiny. I couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but it, it was in Newark, New Jersey, and, like, a bunch wow. of, like, pretty well-known people were there with him, and he loved it. Gotcha. I was at Think with Destiny in Palm Beach in December, and so I was like, maybe he was there? It's awesome. you got to go to a conference. Yeah, that sounds amazing. He is, like, I think John called him, like, the Gandhi of our generation, so... He's, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. I call body body that, but <laughs> no, he's definitely wise and has yeah, he's got a lot to to share with people. Very cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I would I would love to attend one of his events because I always love hearing like incredible insights from people and just yeah. learning how I can just improve myself so I could make an impact yeah. on others. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that quote that you said before would be a really cool tattoo. I have a bunch of tattoos, too. <laughs> I'm thinking about right here. We'll see. We'll see. It's kind of a lot. Let me see yours. Yeah, I have, like, my whole, like, arm tattoo. Oh, my gosh. That's so cool. Thanks. Yeah, the, uh, the artist that tattooed me up is amazing. I actually have, like, a crazy story in this. Not to get too off topic, but uh, my grandpa was an artist. So he um, he painted a whole like scene that had always stood out to me. And when when he passed away, I got that exact same scene tattooed on my arm. So wow. it's kind of kind of my whole thing. Family's family's so super cool. important to me. So that's so much cooler than most people's tattoos. 
in their meetings. They're like, oh, I just liked it. <laughs> yeah. And I my mean, grandpa painted this. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's it's pretty special to me. But every, everyone has an incredible tattoo. Even if you want to get one just for the heck of it, as long as it makes you happy, that's what really matters. That's true. Everyone does have a meaning behind it, whether they think they do or not. Exactly. Which is funny. It could be a custom. Keep asking about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, where where would you say you really want to go this year? Like even short term goals, because even just hearing where you are now will inspire people in their present time as well. Thanks. Well, well I just this last month left Aerial Produce, the production company that started with my sister three years ago and so I'm kind of starting over (laughs) in the sense that like you know starting over financially starting over in a new city starting over um with a new direction and so my goal is to meet incredible people that I can learn from and I'm in a different position now I'm not in like a leadership management position I'm in student position so be humble serve people, give first, learn, 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 and then um, hopefully launch something great by the end of this year and be really focused. That's really my goal. That's amazing. And I definitely believe firmly that you're going to be able to accomplish everything that you're setting out for. And I appreciate your humbleness and openness to share who you are with me as well as our listeners. It's like amazing, seriously. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So Callie, thank you so, so much for being on the Above Average Driven Millennials podcast. Without question, you are an above average person and it means the world to me and to our whole family at Adapting Social. So before we we taper off, do you want to plug your your social media, your your website so people could learn a little bit more about you? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. This was an incredible opportunity and I'm honored to be on your podcast. And so you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Callie Grace Turner, K-A-L-I Grace Turner. And then my website is realwavemedia.com. Awesome. Callie, (laughs) all that sounds seriously perfect thank you so much for sharing with us and i look forward to talking to you in the future yeah i'll hit you up awesome great stuff yeah i definitely i definitely see um a future with you and adapting social because giving back is something that we are super passionate about so we'd love to discuss that further with you heck yeah i've got some ideas so let's talk awesome definitely share definitely share All right. Have an amazing day, okay? You too. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.